Yes, sorry. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Erin. Hi. Oh, it's so good to see everyone. Um, so I'm Erin. I'm a compulsive over eater anorexic bulimic. Hi, everyone. So good to be here. Um, I want to thank Leslie. I don't know if I scroll through if I'll see her, but uh, Leslie, thank you so much for asking me to speak tonight. It is a true gift. And there you are. Hi. <laughs> Uh, such a gift and an honor to, to be asked to speak at Light a Candle, um, so thank you. I also want to welcome all of our newcomers. Um, so, so happy that you're here. Everyone who identified, who said, you know, one day, you know, 24 hours, six days, you know, whatever it was, thank you for, for speaking up. I'm really happy that you're here. Um, the first time I came to Light a Candle, um, the lead said that, um, that we were the newcomers were the lifeblood blood of the program and i thought that was the strangest thing um but it's so true and i'm so so happy that you're here um and congratulations to all our chip takers i took my every single chip 30 days 60 days 90 days six months nine months at light a candle and then i've taken every candle since um at, at Light a Candle. Um, it's, it's such a special meeting for me. And it's also, I'm just finishing my term as co-secretary. So I also wanted to just thank everyone who did service with me. All you amazing women, thank you so, so much. Um, uh, it, was, it was an honor to get to do service with you guys. Um, yeah, let's see. I also just want to uh, thank my sponsors um, and my sponsees, you know, in this pandemic, um, oh gosh, one of my, my favorite people who's been in program for so long, I heard her share in a meeting recently or a few months ago, like if you have your, your hand, one hand in the hand of your sponsor, one hand in the hand of a sponsee, like you have no hands to pick up the food or the eating disorder or whatever it was. And it really, really stuck with me. Um, and I have been doing that just to get through this pandemic is just keeping my, my hands with my sponsors and my sponsees and my fellows and um, taking it one day at a time. So um, I will just say I have, um, I've been in program for about four and a half years um, and I have a little over three and a half years of abstinence. Um, my abstinence is no binging, um, no restricting anorexic behaviors and no bulimic behaviors. Um, yeah, and I've, I've had abstinence now for over three and a half years, and um, my life from coming into program to now is completely different. And um, I just, I mean, there's just not enough time to go through all of the promises that have come true, all of the miracles that have happened in my life, um, but it's it's just been a really incredible journey, and I I love OA so much. Like you guys are my family, like truly, truly you guys are my family. Um, and if you're struggling or suffering, you know, if, if 
we do say like, if nothing I say resonates with you, um, I'm just one person, I'm a drop in the bucket. And uh, there's so many other people out there that, that will have your story. Um, so keep coming back. And um, yeah, so I guess I'll just um, start back. You know, I, I grew up, um, I grew up in Alaska and uh, yeah, I, I didn't have like, you know, I was reflecting back on like food memories as a kid and, you know, further back than the food just is a, I just felt so uncomfortable in my body. And there was just this, this, this hatred for, for my body and um, just, just this, I don't even know how to describe it beyond just like, I, I just felt so uncomfortable in my body and there, and there felt like there was something desperately, desperately wrong with me um, and my body and just me. And um, my, my eating disorder really manifested in my teens um, when I was 17. Um, that's when I consciously remember making the choice to uh, stop eating food. And, um, and what I got from that was this incredible high and this, this sense of control that I'd never had in my life before. Like I grew up in chaos and I grew up, I, I just grew up in with a lot of stuff going on that uh, was so out of control. And so finding this new thing of like, I can starve myself. And I like, it felt, I finally felt like I had some kind of control. And so that's kind of where it started for me at 17. And I, um, I lost, I was already really thin and I lost a lot of weight really quickly. Um, and I started getting attention for it. And, um, so between the attention and the, um, and the, the control and, this deep desire to just want to disappear, I think, um, you know, that's kind of where the anorexia started for me. Manifesting in the body, I think anorexia is much more things than the body and it manifests in all areas of my life, but um, that's when it started manifesting in the body. And, um, you know, that only lasted so long until um, the binging started. And, um, you know, it was like this cycle of just anorexia into the binging, into the anorexia, into the binging, into some kind of damage control. I started taking drugs, uh, illegal drugs, um, you know, diet pills, you know, anything I could get my hands on to suppress my appetite um, so that I didn't go to the food. And uh, it was, soup, you know, I was, I was desperate when I was in those places to find something to, to help help me continue to starve myself and to get thinner and thinner and thinner. And it was never, ever, ever thin enough. Like the numbers just would go down and it just wasn't enough. And then the numbers would go up and the numbers would go down. And like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I lost 20 to 30 pounds. Like I literally can't tell you how many times that my body has gone through that, but enough times to destroy my metabolism. And um, when I finally went to get, you know, help from someone, then they told me that I destroyed my metabolism. It was like, I was in so much denial that I had a problem that I, I just was, I just wrote it off as they don't know what they're talking about. They don't, you know, this is a professional, they don't know what they're talking about. So, um, 
that's the other part of this disease. Like for me, it, it, it's, it's huge denial. Like it took me the first year that I was in program, I think to really even recognize that I had a problem. Like I really didn't like, couldn't submit to the fact that I was powerless over food and yet kept finding myself, you know, night eating was the thing for me when I finally made it into OA was like, could not stop eating at night, could not stop eating at night, couldn't go to sleep unless I had something, you know, in me to, to help just soothe the feelings. Um, I remembered recently too, that I would, um, I had insomnia when I was, you know, in an anorexic phase, I wasn't able to sleep. And so I got, um, drug, I got like sleeping pills to help me, put me to sleep, you know, and then I would take the, you know, the uppers in the day and, you know, sleeping pills at night. And it was just like, it was, my life was unmanageable. I hated myself. Nothing was ever, you know, was never enough. And I was really miserable. And I, and I, you know, there were some really, really dark times in my twenties where I, you know, finally got to a place where I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And I, um, I, uh, I had a plan and I was, I was gonna um, end my life. And uh, luckily I was in, in outside help at that time. And she had kept telling me about 12 step, 12 step, go to 12 step. And um, uh, finally I, I had the willingness to go to a, a different 12 step. Um, I still was in incredible denial, never even talked in, in outside help that I had an eating disorder. Like she had no idea that, I mean, that I was just insane because I, didn't talk to anyone about what was going on with me. Like I just, it was, it was just, it just lived in between my ears and it made me absolutely insane. And so um, I went to this other 12 step program and learned about the 12 steps and it literally saved my life. You know, I'm still here. And I, you know, through working the steps in that program, um, you know, there's the ninth step is that we make amends, you know, and one of the, the amends I was really trying to work on was the amends with myself and all the stuff, you know, finally I've seen it on, you know, on paper of like all this, the binging and the throwing up and the, you know, running my body into the ground, you know, working out and starving it and taking drugs and all of these things. Like I just saw, like I saw the damage that I was doing and like, I couldn't stop. And, um, and that was really humbling. And that's when it was like, okay, well, I know the 12 steps work. Um, I know they saved my life. Like maybe I can, you know, give, give it a shot. And I heard um, someone accidentally in another meeting qualified as a compulsive overeater. They said their name, they said, blah, 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 I'm a compulsive overeater. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then another person really soon after that also, um, it slipped out. And so it kind of was just a gentle nudge to come into OA, um, which was like four and a half years ago. Um, and the first meeting that I came to, um, I was uh, in, in an anorexic phase and very like um, in denial and was thinking I needed to lose a lot of weight. And I went to the meeting and I Sat next, it was a women's meeting and the woman next to me said, oh, so you're an anorexic. And no one had said that since I was a kid. My grandma used to say that about me, but like I hadn't heard it in a really long time. And I was in so much denial. I was so offended that this person could possibly say that or think that, um, that I left and didn't come back for a few months, three months later when, you know, the, 
I, I was back in a binge phase and like couldn't stop eating at night and had put on, I don't know, I don't know, clothes weren't fitting anymore. And um, so I came to OA um, very humbled and um, just, you know, wanting to be able to make amends to myself for the damage that I was doing and, and just felt so powerless. And um, I had no idea, you know, when I came in, I was just going to figure out the little tricks that you guys knew about how to lose weight quick. And, uh, and then I was going to, I was going to be gone. And, um, you know, four and a half years later, here I am. And like, I, I, I have no plans of ever leaving away because I love it so much. And the gifts that it's given me was, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's just no words for how much, like, the gifts that I get, the love that I get from this program. Um, it's just incredible. So um, I guess that, yeah, that was what it was like. It was awful. It was terrible. What happened was I came in and um, I didn't get a sponsor right away because I didn't think I needed a sponsor because I didn't have a problem. So um, don't recommend that, but you know, take the time that you need. But for me, the thing that was very helpful was finding a sponsor and starting to work the steps because the steps are where the magic lies. And the steps allowed me to um, come out of my denial um, and in a very gentle way, you know, it was slow. And that's what I needed. I needed to come out of my denial in a slow way. And so yeah, I just kept going to meetings, started working the steps, um, service. I cannot speak highly enough ser of service. And, um, you know, yes, service is like giving to others. And um, it, that's, that's really helpful for my recovery. It helps me get out of my own head. But it also um, gives me... Um, it gives me a place in the family, you know, in the OA family, like I'm, I'm a part of, and uh, that feels really good for me. It feels amazing to feel a part of and to be a part of the family. And um, so I highly recommend, you know, if you're new, uh, getting a service commitment, um, it, it was really, really helpful for me to, to not only feel a part of, um, but also, um, like I said, get out of my own head. And, um, and it feels good to me to give back. It feels really good. Um, so yeah, service was, you know, before coming to 12 step, like I could, didn't even want to hear the word service. Like I just was like, Ugh, I don't, I don't know that word. And I should say the same thing, uh, you know, about higher power thing. If you're new and you're, you know, if it doesn't ring true to you, or if it's feeling weird, the God stuff, the higher power stuff, I mean, I came in like an, an atheist, like I literally couldn't even hear the word God. It was like a dirty word. And, um, and through working the steps, you know, I got to create a higher power of my own understanding that works uh, for me, that really works for me. And it really is um, a relationship. It's like this beautiful relationship um, that I go to every day, all day, <laughs> like um, to rely on. Um, because, you know, all of those things that I was turning to, uh, you know, the, the, the starving, the binging, the throwing up, the whatever, like, like it was just, it was the God-sized hole. And I heard that in these rooms, you know, it was, it was, I was trying to fill the God-sized hole. And 
I've tried to fill it with many, many things, but my drug of choice is an eating disorder. And so like the more I get to fill that with my higher power, um, the, the more and more my life opens up, my life blossoms and I'm able to have recovery, um, from an eating disorder. So, um, yeah, working the steps, being of service, um, sponsoring, <laughs> I mean, I was just sharing with a sponsee earlier today, like, you know, I just, I, coming into OA, I, I didn't know what God had in store for me. Like, I didn't have any idea that, like, I would be given, I have, a, so I have a food sponsor and I have a step sponsor, and they are two of the most incredible women that I've ever known in my life, and um, to get to work with them is just, like, I just can't even explain what a gift it is and how much they help me and how much they walk, you know, we walk with each other, you know, we trudge the road of happy destiny together day in and day out. And, um, you know, that, that's something huge that always given me is just like a place to come out of my denial and be who I am, you know, and, and reveal my authentic self, um, and talk about the, the, the deep, dirty, you know, eating disorder thoughts, the, you know, craziness around food, the, all of it with someone who's like, oh yeah, me too, you know, me too. And there's so much freedom in that. And there's, there's such, such a gift in that. And, you know, those relationships are just, they're, they're, they're priceless. Like, I just don't have those relationships like that outside of the rooms. And it's, it's not what I came to OA for, but it's a, one of the many gifts that I've been given. And, and same with sponsees, like my sponsees are gifts, 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 like just, and to be able to give and feel like I'm of use in the world is, um, it's absolutely incredible to, to feel like I'm helping someone else, you know, by sharing with them things that I didn't think I would share with anyone you know, like my first meeting, I was drenched in sweat, like drenched in sweat because I'd never shared any of these things that were coming out of my mouth that I was doing with food with anyone. You know, I just, I, I just hadn't shared it with literally not even my outside help, you know? Um, and so the freedom that comes from sharing it and just getting it out and having another person sit there and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I've eaten out of the trash for sure. <laughs> like, it's like so um it's so humbling and and just connects me in this way that's just so beautiful so um yeah that's been a huge uh part of my recovery is just these relationships that i've um been given you know um it, it's just it's miraculous um and you know as far as like food obsession goes you, you know most days like I feel pretty detached from food and pretty detached from um, like wanting to be thinner and thinner and thinner and disappearing into nothingness. Like that was my entire existence. Like truly, that was my existence. That's all I thought about. That's all I wanted. That's all I, I just, that laser focus on such a small thing, you know, and it just sucked me in and um, took my life. And, you know, I just, I don't, I'm still a compulsive overeater, right? Like I am still very, a, like a, I have an eating disorder. I'm, you know, I will never be normal around food. Like I'm just not normal around food. And I am reminded of that very often <laughs> by living with my partner who's 
I'm super normie around food. And um, yeah, I'll never be normal with food, but I have a lot of acceptance around that today. Like, it's okay. You know, I have amazing tools and people to walk, walk through the hard days with. And so, yeah, there are hard days um, in recovery, but that's something too that I've learned. You know, we just have to do this one day at a time, you know? Like last night, I was like super craving um, sugar. Like I just, I wanted to soothe with the sugar. I was feeling um, feelings, right? Like I was feeling, anytime I'm feeling feelings, I want to do, you know, I want to somehow soothe myself. And usually it's has to do with food or, you know, some, some spec, something on the spectrum of my eating disorder. And, um, you know, I didn't, not that like, that's something too that I learned. Like I could have had the ice cream. That's not my abstinence, which um, newcomers, you'll learn that everyone's abstinence is different. My abstinence could kill you. Your abstinence could kill me. Um, so, you know, it's, I could, I can have, you know, ice cream if I want it, but it's, uh, it was, I knew it wasn't about truly enjoying the ice cream. It was about soothing myself. And for me, like what, part of one of the many things that makes me a not a normal eater is like if I eat that ice cream when I'm in that place of trying to soothe, I feel horrible afterwards. I feel like, like it, like, oh, I just, it's so hard for me not to just beat myself up for having the ice cream when I really, what I needed was connection with my higher power. Really what I needed, which is what I did last night was just, you know, put my hand on my heart and say, oh yeah. I hear you. I feel you. I feel you. Like, I, I know you don't, you don't want to feel this right now. This is really uncomfortable. Um, but can we just, you know, ask higher power to come in, ask higher power, you know, say a little prayer and like, can you just put me to bed, God, <laughs> you know, can you just put me to bed and, um, you know, have a good sleep so I can wake up feeling re refreshed and rejuvenated tomorrow. And, and that's what happened. And, you know, that's, that's what I learned how to do in these rooms is, um, you know, to bring in a uh, higher power, you know, like that's what the 12 step, you know, 12 steps, the 12 steps as, you know, like having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, um, like it's a, it's like promised in the steps. And, and I heard someone say that before I'd ever gotten to the 12 step. It's like having had a spiritual awakening, not like maybe having had a spiritual awakening. It's like, if I do the 12 steps, I will have a spiritual awakening and that spiritual awakening will afford me a life beyond my wildest dreams and it will afford me recovery and it will afford me abstinence. And, you know, by working those 12 steps, having that spiritual awakening, um, you know, having a real relationship with God, um, a relationship like that's like number one, you know, I, I truly, I have to plug into God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, like every day, first thing and, um, work my step 11, you know, I pray and meditate every day. And it's, um, it's a, it's a true joy to get to, um, just sit and, you know, breathe in, um, this, you know, for me, my higher power is just this loving presence, um, that's going to, uh, you know, carry me through my day. And, um, I, all I have to do is just keep turning my life and my will over. And that was really scary. And that was especially scary with the food because, um, 
I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going to happen when I turned over my life and my will to higher power around the food specifically. Like I messed with my body for over a decade, destroyed my metabolism. I didn't know how much to be eating. I didn't know what to be. I just was so confused. Like, I didn't know what my body was going to look like. I just had no idea. And I just had to turn it over to this higher power. And, um, and the, you know, like I said, most days this obsession is, is relieved of me. And, um, most days I feel, um, pretty sane around food. And I, you know, don't have the impulse to annihilate my body with food by binging or starving my body, you know, with the anorexia behavior, or, um, vomiting, um, food up. Like I just, it's most days it's like, I just keep turning to, you know, the spiritual solution of this program. And I'm, I get an, I'm, you know, granted another day of abstinence. And, um, you know, I want to be real, like, this is a hard time, you know, this pandemic for me, I'll speak for myself. This is, uh, this is a hard time. And um, I almost lost my abstinence, uh, like the, the day, basically, like, right before, like the quarantine hit. I just lost my job and um, I was in the middle of finals and I was moving and I was so stressed and I just, you know, I just became so overwhelmed. The feelings again, right. It was the feelings just were so overwhelming. It was like, I'm just going to throw, I'm just going to throw up. I'm just, it's a quick fix to just like, mm, you know, like I, I can't handle the feelings. I'm just going to get the feelings out by vomiting. And, um, and I just got on my knees and I just asked my higher power, like, please, can you relieve me of this? You know, please, can you just take this obsession from me right now? Because like life is very, un feeling very big and very unmanageable right now. Like, can you please, can you please just take this from me? And, and it was lifted. And um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I am able to walk through this very challenging time, you know, abstinently and with all of you guys you know and one of the you know silver linings of this whole time i think for me is is these zoom meetings is having you know a hundred whatever people at a meeting together right now connected and um people from all over the world you know uh i think that that has just been so amazing to to get to see the connectedness of all of us and um yeah, and it keeps, it's keeping me abstinent one day at a time, you know, continuing to show up for myself and my recovery. Um, and yeah, it's like almost 6.10. So I'm going to see if there's anything else. Um, 10 minutes. Thank you, Carol. Um, yeah, I think I'll just open it for questions. Yeah, that feels right. there anyone that had a question? Sorry, my, my, my computer froze. I'm so sorry. Thank you no so problem. much, Erin. Greatly appreciate your share. Um, so yes, we have about 10 minutes left for questions. Um, so if you have any questions that you would like to ask Erin, you can use the um, raise hand function in the participants window. Or if you um, can't speak out loud and would prefer to be anonymous, you can chat um, the question to me directly and I will read it out to Erin and I won't say your name. 
Um, so it looks like Mark, you have a question. You want to go ahead and ask? Yes, uh, more a comment. I mean, somebody's got to be well, this, this. Is, this is this is the time for questions. So please have, make it be a question. Thank no, you. No, it's all right. I'm out. It's going to be funny, okay. but we'll get uh, over it. Okay. How about Steve? Would you like to ask your question? Hey, uh, thanks, Aaron, for your sharing. And appreciate it. Um, I'm working on my first step right now and just wondered what exactly, I mean, like, did you do like a writing out or how did you work your first step, if you don't mind telling me? Yeah, of course. Um, so the first step, what we did was, um, for all the steps, actually, uh, we worked out of the, the big book of AA. So reading the first step in the big book and like taking, you know, handwriting everything from the book and onto a piece of paper that I word for word, like what I resonated with. And um, I think we did that with Bill's story and the doctor's opinion, which are kind of focused, you know, you can really get step one in those. And, um, and then like, so writing out the things I resonated with and then on the other side of the paper, you know, writing about what that brought up for me. Um, so I did that in the big book as well as the OA 12 and 12, like the step one. Um, and the, you know, step one for me was really about like, the, what is it, like life, life, you know, like it was just my higher power really, really honed in that I was super powerless over food. And I had a bunch of experiences of just like really experiencing like, oh, wow, I am truly powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, like over and over again. So it wasn't just in the step work, it was actually paralleled in life, which I find often happens with the steps. So I hope that helps. It does, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we had quite a few people reach out in the chat asking if Erin could share her contact info. So Erin, if you feel comfortable with posting your number or email or whatever you you want in the chat. Um, there were quite a few people that would love to get in touch with you for outreach. Um, I have a, another question that came through the chat. Um, can you ask the speaker what, um, what helped you quit your night eating? Yeah, great question. What happened? Well, helped me quit my night eating. Um, I think it was a few different things like certainly, um, certainly bringing in a higher power prayer, you know, asking for the obsession to be relieved of me. Um, but I think too, it was um, about creating a, a different nightly ritual for myself rather than a ritual of food. Um, yeah, so I, I really, I enjoy my evenings, you know, like with my, my, night, my nightly tenth step and um, usually I take a bath at night. Um, usually I have a cup of tea, uh, maybe read something like that's soothing. So uh, yeah, it was about finding, finding things that could, that could replace, because it really was like a, it was like a habit ritual routine to go to the food and, um, no longer having that made me feel really untethered. So I think creating something for myself that felt really loving and nurturing, um, in addition to bringing in my higher power and asking for the obsession to be relieved and working the steps, um, as well as reaching out to people. You know, there's a lot of night eaters, um, uh, you know, just shooting a text to someone being like, I really, really want to just get into this 
something, something, whatever, um, tonight, like, just for tonight, the kitchen is closed. I, I can't tell you how many times I've texted that. Kitchen's closed. <laughs> and it reminds me of like when a restaurant and you go to the restaurant and the kitchen's closed, it's closed. Like they're, they're, you, can't, you can't open it. And so I text that a lot of the time when I'm feeling like that pull. So hopefully that helped. Amazing, thank you. Our next question will be from Bud. You wanna go ahead and unmute yourself? Hey, Bud, do you want to ask your question? What foods do you like? What foods do you like? Okay, sounds like that might have been a mistake. Um, so we're going to mute Bud. Thank you. And um, another question that came through the chat is what parts of the program do you feel you must commit to daily now? I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that? It was what? Of course. Of course. Um, what parts of the program do you feel you must commit to daily now? Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, prayer and meditation, for sure. That's like every day, no matter. I mean, like my day is just completely different if I if I don't do that right away in the morning. Um, and oh, turning over my food. Um, so I turn over my food kind of in an interesting way, like a, a verbal voice memo with my sponsor. Um, so I'll literally, you know, get on there and just say, hey, I had this, this, and that for breakfast, probably going to have this for lunch, probably going to have this for dinner. Um, and then after I eat it, I verbally turn it over. And um, it's like a fifth step, a daily fifth step of just really, um, yeah, just turning over the food and, you know, really remembering there's no morality in food. Food is just food, doesn't make me good or bad. Um, so yes. And then I, I go to a meeting almost every day, not necessarily for OA, but across my fellowships. I go to a meeting pretty much every day. Um, and I talk to my sponsees every day as well. So those are probably the tools I would say I use every day. Great. Um, another question from the chat. Um, have you always had a strong relationship? with your higher power? If not, how did you cultivate that relationship? Yes. No, I, the, I did not have a close, I didn't believe in God. I did, literally couldn't even hear the word God without being like, Ugh. like I didn't even want to know anyone else who wanted to talk about God. Like I had, was so judgmental about it. So um, yeah, so really just working the 12 steps, um, one through 12 in the order that they are, you know, with a sponsor, um, was what uh, developed that relationship. And two, in step two, my sponsor, step sponsor had me do a, um, a wanted ad for God. And that was really cool. It was like, I didn't wanna do it at first, um, but, I'm, but I love that exercise now. I love looking back at it, but it was just like all the things, like if I could dream up a, a higher power for me, like what would it be? Um, I like, yeah, so it was really nice to like just write down whatever I wanted and um, and that got to be my higher power. So that helped to develop relationship. Great. Um, another question we have in the chat is under normal circumstances, how do you handle eating out at restaurants? So I guess under normal circumstances, meaning during not COVID times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I, you know, thank God for technology and like menus being online because like, I just, if I go anywhere, I just look on the menu. I look, I see, you know, 
what's green light on there for me. So like red light foods, yellow light foods, green light foods for newcomers, if you haven't heard about them, for, they're different for everybody. And some people do not eat their red light foods. I do. I just know I'm not going to have serenity most likely if I eat any of my red light or, or even yellow light foods. So I will go onto the menu and find a couple options in case, you know, I get there and they don't have whatever. And just um, usually, yeah. And just kind of plan it out for myself so that I'm not getting to a restaurant starving and like just making an impulse decision. Um, so that's kind of how I like to eat out. Great. Um, those are all the questions that we had in the chat. We are at 619. So maybe if anyone else has a quick burning desire question, um, otherwise we can wrap there. I'll give it a second. Okay, well, I'm not seeing anything, so we can stop there. Thank you, Erin, so very much. That was wonderful. So great to hear you. And I will turn it over to our secretary this evening, 